0: What's that thing that everybody hates, but it's something that you gotta do anyway? Might be whiteboarding or a take-home test, answering a bunch of questions, listing out experience. So today, we're talking about interviewing, interview skills and what you could be doing to get that dream job now. That's what we'll be talking I'm Uh, gonna try more weird noises because I'm feeling weird today
1: okay okay all right so we just you know if you're listening to this podcast and you just hear a bunch of sounds Burr, burr. yeah it's you now <laughs> i don't know
0: whatever <laughs> just love me okay hi everyone okay. So welcome to tools day a podcast about tech tools tips and tricks every other tuesday at two i'm your co-host yuna and
1: i'm chris yeah, go. and
0: today we're talking about interviewing, interviewing. <laughs> so i mean in tech when we want to interview people have a lot of opinions about interviews and how best to prepare for them and all that stuff. Um, so we're just going to kind of talk about our experiences recently. Chris, you've been involved in some of the interviewing slash, um, discussion around how to interview at Netflix which I think is really interesting. I have recently been going through an interview process and I do have some nils. (laughs) No, no, no. I told you I'm going to have weird (laughs) noises. I don't know. I need to stop. I'm so sorry. Um, I have some news. I am actually starting a new role in April. I am going to be joining Google as a developer Ooh. advocate for the material design web team. I'm so excited. Um, basically, just all the stuff that I've done in my free time, I'll not be doing in my day job. She's going to have so and much more free
1: time. What will you do what with your, gonna do? your afternoons now that you don't... You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. i don't know, spend my afternoons writing talks and blog posts and building libraries which i'm doing one now it's going to come out this week um i don't know i'm gonna make candles wow. i'm gonna watch more netflix mm. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> <laughs> i've been watching a lot of netflix lately am not gonna lie um yeah so we both kind of have thoughts and ideas about interviewing um Everything that I'm going to say on this show, it, it exists online. This information exists online. Um, I'm going to be very careful to not get fired from a job. I haven't started yet, and just sort of give you my experience and like general overview of the process without saying anything I shouldn't.
1: Every, everything I say on the show probably will not exist somewhere online, but I will make sure to not be terrible. So you'll be fine. Everything be, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. there will be good stuff.
0: We have a sort of plan. Not really. Okay. Um, but we do have two sponsors today. And uh, for our first sponsor, we want to welcome back Lino. Thank you for your continued support for the show. Um, and they're giving our listeners a free $20 worth of infrastructure credit with promo code tools 2019 instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linux cloud in seconds. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> You're going to have to edit this show. Sorry, Chris. Nope, it's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I am having an off night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in seconds in the Linode cloud with your choice of Linux distros, resources, and node locations. Plans start at 1 gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month with high memory plans starting at 16 gigabytes all have an option for hourly billing with a cap and include a seven day money back guarantee. There are 10 data centers worldwide and you can get a server up and running in under a minute, build virtual machines and run Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, or whatever else you would need. If something goes wrong, rest assured with 24 hour friendly support, seven days a week and phone support also being an option. They have a Python CLI restful API and a manager tool. So you can manage everything that you need to. And they're hiring, so you can also check out their careers page and practice your interview skills that we're going to talk about on this show. So remember, you get a $20 credit when you use promo code TOOLSDAY2019 or visit linode.com slash TOOLSDAY, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash TOOLSDAY, and enter the promo code TOOLSDAY2019 to get your $20 worth of infrastructure credit for your next project.
1: Awesome. Thank
0: you, Linode. Okay, so where do we get started on the subject so,
1: of interviewing? I'm not sure my, what my experience with interviewing is. Uh, when I was at IBM, uh, I think you did too. We both did a lot of portfolio screens. If uh, you're
0: new to this show, yeah. me and Chris used to work together at IBM three years ago now. Yep. Right? Uh, Even four years ago.
1: Oh, time slips by some, yeah. time, some time ago. Like four and a half years ago. <laughs> okay, anyway.
0: Um, Chris and I, we both worked there. We both did a lot of interview screening for new candidates because they did hire a lot of people um, at a time. And so it's kind of like batch hiring. And a lot of people who were there for sort of a longer period of time than others, a.k.a. Chris and I, because we started early in this studio space, um, we sort of got to participate in the interview process.
1: Yeah, that uh, that was pretty informative. So at IBM, we were hiring mostly junior developers. Um, so that was one spectrum of interview style, and at Netflix, um, I have done the vast majority of the phone screens for our, for my part of the org, and I'm part of a little board that is trying to standardize uh, UI engineering interviews across Netflix, and so I've been really deep into the space for the for the last bit, I guess, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting.
0: Yeah, I would say ninety percent of uh, the Developers that we were hiring for at IBM were right out of college or right out of grad school. And so it was sort of first or like second job in the field. Yeah. Um, but there were a number of candidates that were senior developers that we also were hiring for. And it was interesting because I felt like sometimes the portfolios – from the college students were as good as some of the seniors. Yeah,
1: some, sometimes it's weird. Portfolios are weird, a weird thing.
0: I mean, I think that they thought like, oh, IBM. I'll yeah. sort of <laughs> generally apply there. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really fit the role. So I feel like reading those job descriptions is important, but also not getting too caught up on all the technologies in the job descriptions.
1: Yeah, I guess if we start from the very beginning, there's that there's a title of you know, front-end developer or UI engineer or uh, front-end What's the other? There's, there's a bunch of like UI, yeah, uh, UI engineer, UI, front end
0: developer, uh, like I don't know, re- JavaScript developer, React developer. Like you can get more specific with it. Yeah, there's uh, web but, engineer.
1: <laughs> yeah, so if, if you're in this space, I wouldn't get too caught up on the titles. Titles don't mean a ton. They don't mean uh, much. <laughs> um, but do look at what uh, the uh role is supposed to be to be doing. Right. Um, oftentimes what I've found when we've looked at job, uh, roles out in the web, uh, they are sometimes misleading, but they generally have a general idea of what you're doing, right? So if you're applying to a product team, um, you'll probably be doing more JavaScript style coding than, um, styling potentially. Um, and then if you're applying for a more front front facing website, um, maybe the diversity. It's, it's not a hard and fast rule, but um, you can get a good idea of what the team will be working on by looking at them. And
0: that's a great question to ask also in your interviews what sort of work you'll be doing in maybe the first few months of you being there. And you can get a gauge of if that's even a good fit for you. Yeah. So like a phone interview kind of point in the yeah. interview. And I also want to take a note and say it wasn't just... Yeah. I didn't mean to say like senior developers didn't quite fit the role. A lot of the junior developers also like had a... <laughs> computer science background, but their technology um, scope was like Python, and that was sort of it. And so if you're hiring for web, you sort of need to yeah. have some experience in web technologies, and that's just kind of what I was saying with that example. <laughs> I didn't really know that anymore. Uh, it's just Uh-oh. sort of like seeing how your experience matches with the roles and responsibilities, and then yeah. I think a lot of the technologies can either be learned on the job, especially if you're more junior, um, or sort of figured out as you go.
1: Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say also is that, um, you know, oftentimes jobs will say we require X amount of years of experience. Um, those years, those numbers aren't hard and fast rules if you're just getting in the industry. Like if you see a 10 two-year 10 years posting, of React
0: experience.
1: It, yeah. It is, if you see a two-year post, it, it requires two years posting. That means it requires zero-year posting, basically. Um, Netflix is kind of unique in some of our stuff that we do only hire seniors at Netflix um, for for pro or con. Um, And so we do require a little more, but it's not even, even then, like if you can show that, you know what you're doing, like uh, that years of experience for, for a good company. Well, it's kind of more of a, a general thing as opposed to a hard and fast rule.
0: I also feel like years of experience can be interpreted in different ways. Um, if you've been doing freelance work for two years and then you started working for a company, those two years of freelancing do count. I think you learn a lot when you're doing that yep. kind of work. So don't sell yourself short if you were you know, doing work while learning. I think that's valid too.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you just went through the interview process. Um, what... What were your what 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 helped you out the most when you were prepping for uh, interviews?
0: Um so I feel like Google specifically has a very long interview process, and there's a lot of steps to it. I felt like something that I wasn't sort of expecting to help me that did a lot was using note cards when I was refreshing my computer science knowledge. Um, mm. A part of the Google interview process is for sort of these more software engineering questions, even though my role is developer advocate. Um, So I completely, I mean, haven't even thought about a lot of computer science concepts in like six years. Um, So I really had to kind of go through it and using note cards helped a lot with that. And then also I thought it was really useful to sort of go back to um, basics and learn like JavaScript just like all the methods and sort of what they do and just kind of get a refresher on all that stuff. So I had like computer science flashcards mixed in with like JavaScript methods and, you know, object and array, like things like that. And, um, I found that was really helpful. Like, I forgot how to be a student because I haven't been in school for a while. But going back into that learning mode was actually really fun. And I felt like going through the process made me a better engineer. Like, no matter what the outcome was, I didn't (laughs) think I'd get this job. I was like, I don't really know anything about computer science anymore. Um, But going through the process was enjoyable in in the sense that I felt like I was better at my day job from doing that.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I went through a bunch of interviews before I got the Netflix offer, and I remember I went, I interviewed at Twitch right before Netflix actually, uh, and I completely bombed my Twitch interview. Like, I, my my mental went boom, and I just like completely froze and did terribly. Um, and I had my Netflix interview the next week, and because I had done my Twitch interview, like I had I uh, had refreshed my brain about these a bunch of the concepts, I felt more prepared to. Go into Netflix, and so I did well my Netflix interview because I had done some interviews prior. So if you're interviewing, um, j- just keep at it. It's like a trained skill set as well, right? It's, yeah. it's like taking standardized. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's like taking standardized tests in some way, right? Um, there's, yeah, I mean every interview
0: is different, um, but they tend to sort of uh, a lot, at least in the tech industry, tend to skew in the same type of questions. Yeah. Um, uh, one. Oh, go ahead. One thing I'll
1: say. Following your report of JS Basics, you know, so Netflix, we try not for our UI engineers, we try not to give you like, hey, why don't you make a linked list here? Um, or super heavy comp size stuff. But we do still expect you to know like what is a good data structure for the web and what's a good algorithm for the web. And these two words, data structure and algorithms, sometimes I think Scare the bejesus out of people, uh, especially for if, if you're not a comp sci person like, like I wasn't a comp sci person I'm a poly sci background, which is the exact opposite of comp sci I, I learned how to write 50 page papers and make things up on the spot um, But um, you know in my work by the day, you know, I actually I you know Data structure knowledge is important. So we like knowing when to use an object versus when to use an array You know when to how to optimize the loop so it runs faster these kind of things are actually very useful in UI engineering. And so um, if you're doing a refresher course, you know, or refresher stuff, look up objects, look at arrays, look up how to, how to make a function faster, right? Um, These are things that you will do in your day to day job at some of these tech firms. And so um, make sure you have those down.
0: I also will say um, don't skimp on also refreshing your CSS. If you're not super strong in that, Um, I, there's a lot of, I mean, I feel like software engineering interviews are a little bit different than web developer interviews because mm. with software engineering interviews that you kind of focus on like optimization performance, sort of, um, you know, co- like time and space complexity and like those sorts of things. But I think that in uh, front end interviews, I'm not talking specifically at Google. I'm talking like sort of other roles that are web development roles that I've applied to in the past. That sort of knowledge of like that complexity, it gets replaced with the knowledge of how to style something mm. online. So I yeah. think that there's that spectrum of things. Like you don't have to be perfect if that's not your thing, but yeah. um, definitely having that skill set in web development is important because you know, what if you're not working with a designer all the time or like <laughs> Yeah. Do you know how to use a design system if the company yeah. uses a design system? And do you have like basic understanding of performance and how that relates to both JavaScript and CSS? Those are all yeah. Uh, the broad <laughs> range yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I've
1: definitely been skewed because I've been in the Netflix ecosystem for the last two years. It's like, okay, uh, this is how do And your role it. is yeah. definitely like yeah. very... Uh, uh.
0: Okay, so in front end, I think there's like still like the... <laughs> <laughs> the the <laughs> visual front end and like the more yeah. core product front end and your role is like definitely in core product
1: Yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. So like, you know, we skew really heavily on when we are interviewing... How do I make my JavaScript better? Uh, we do look at your CSS. We we, we are standardizing our take on assignment. And so in there, we'll just look at your, how do you lay out things, right? And so for for us, like knowing proper box, you know the box model really well. Like, you're not adding a bunch of divs in there for no apparent reason. You know, that kind of clean markup is important, but we definitely don't. We don't look at advanced CSS. So, yeah, I would say, um, I think
0: that's sort of standard too. Like just knowing how to use it, you don't have to be perfect at it for most front-end roles, um, but then understanding like semantics with
1: yeah.
0: uh, HTML, because no matter what framework you're using, if you're not using a framework at all, those are the core tenants of the web. Like that's something yeah. that, um, it seems like it should be a fundamental thing that people learn first, but often, especially yeah. today, it's not because people are learning yeah. frameworks first. Yeah. So, like, understanding the types of elements that you should be using, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a note card to be made.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, On the social side, you know, um, so Netflix has a couple of different steps in the interview process. One of them, what you'll be meeting with the HR person, but even with our technical interviews, we'll be uh, looking for how do you collaborate when you talk about code, or how do you ask questions, how do you receive feedback, and... Um, being able to, to keep a conversation going through a technical interview, I, th- I found is super important, um, just as a kind of like how-to interview thing. Um, yeah.
0: I felt like that yeah. was during my interview process. Also, I will say that I didn't interview anywhere else. Like, I wasn't like specifically looking for the <laughs> job. So, I didn't have that... Um, I think once you start interviewing, you get better at doing this, but yep. uh, something that I kind of practiced on my own was talking out loud as I was going through problems, mm, and yep. I felt like that was really helpful because when you talk out loud, it's kind of like rubber ducking in a way where you sort of talk yourself out of problems, but also when you're interviewing, the interviewer is there to help to guide you. You shouldn't like yep. be too reliant on them, but it sort of becomes a conversation, and a good way to start that conversation is by asking clarifying questions. Um, and then sort of, uh, building an outline of what you think is the right way to solve the problem and yep. then going into the steps of solving that problem. Um, I feel like this is sort of a good starting broad and then getting more and more narrow approach to,
1: yeah.
0: uh, solving problems. And it also helps the interviewer understand how you think if you do have like some technical snafu, it doesn't take up all your time.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I think, you know, um, I've, gone into an interview before where I was interviewing somebody and um, the person didn't do great on the technical side of the interview. Um, They kind of bombed the question, but they were asking great questions the entire time. Um, And so I could clearly see that they knew how to ask questions. And for me, that was enough for me to pass them because I care a lot more that you can ask great questions and try to narrow a problem down rather than you know some JavaScript thing. Um, And so... um, that's just a really important skill set to have.
0: Yeah. And that's also I think it's good to to um, uh. learn, like, the basics of a specific language, whether that be JavaScript or something else, because yeah. when you're getting asked these questions, it's usually to test you on your problem-solving skills and yeah. not to test you on, like, specific technical know-how. But if you have those, like, that background, or that those, yeah. those technical bits down, then you're not going to get bogged down with, like, oh, shoot, uh, how do like, what's the right method to use here like you kind of just have that in the back of your brain from going over it so that you can actually solve the problem they're looking for you to solve which is a logic problem not like a specific technical problem most of the time
1: yep yep a hundred percent you know and we try not to ask specific framework problems anymore uh for a while we were doing that um at least on the studio side we're like oh we we need people to be able to react right now but um I think we've gotten away from asking like very specific questions and it's more it they're a lot more open-ended like saying hey how do you how do you think about things
0: yeah so for UI interviewing questions um what i have seen more often like at bustle other places I interview is you'll get like a challenge like okay build this um mm-hmm. and it depends on what the role is but for like front end development that's more visual it'll probably include um like interaction of some sort based in reality yeah you know
1: yeah, if you get so you're you're bound to interview somewhere where they don't do this, where they ask you questions about something that you'll never actually do, and that happens. And I actually view that as a bad sign for that company. Like, oh, this person, this company doesn't know how to think about the web in general. Um, there's this great GitHub repo with a bunch of uh, companies that that say they do not do these kinds of questions in their interview process. And I'll link them to the show notes. And um, that's like your are...
0: whiteboarding questions that people hate yeah, doing because so, I get right. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the, so yeah. So these questions do, these this, this companies do not do like algo questions on a whiteboard. You may have to solve a problem on the whiteboard, but it'll be related to like, a UI challenge as opposed to um, something, something you would never actually do in real life.
0: Um, so, what are some good questions that you've heard candidates ask you as an interviewer? Mm,
1: okay, so um, you know, it kind of depends. There's there's great technical questions and there's great culture questions. Both are pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, on the technical side, the biggest things that I want to hear, the biggest questions I want to hear from someone are clarifying questions around the problem statement. So, um, if I ask if I ask you the problem and you um, most people don't have a hundred percent firm grasp on the entirety of everything right away, and so asking questions about what happens if this in this state or that state or you know various scoping things like that um, are are a great sign to show that you understand what's happening in this problem um, or um, have great you understand how to ask a question about the problem. So scope questions are wonderful. On the culture side, um, there's um, a whole lot of things. Um, some of these are pretty personal. So, you know, Netflix has a reputation of being a bit scary. It's not uh, for, for clarification. So, but, you know, you should ask tough cultural questions. Like You should ask about diversity. You should ask about um, time off. You should ask about these things. And um, we kind of want people to care about these things as well. So, um,
0: yeah. I think it's just as important for you to be interviewing the company as it is for the company to be interviewing you because Mm -hmm. you don't want to enter a role that's not a good fit. You're not going to be happy there. So, I mean, when I was sort of looking into applying for this role, I asked a lot of questions about what the work is like, what uh, the team is like, what the expectations are of the role, what a success metric is for the role. I feel like that's something that I'm really interested in when I apply for any position because... I want to know what they're looking for in me as an employee to see if I'd be a good fit. I want to know how I'm going to sort of be judged on doing my job successfully or not. And you know, every company defines that differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's important. So, you know, there's, there's that question, you know, you've people sometimes toss around, they are saying, you know, in six months, what's a good sign of, of me being successful at this company? Right. Um, that's a great question. Sometimes it's an um,
0: interviewer that's hard to answer. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's sometimes hard to answer, but it's like interviewers should be prepared to say, uh, A, they have an answer, which is great. Yeah. Or B, um, I'm not entirely sure, but in my experience, uh, after six months, this is where I was at. Yeah. Um, and I, I also want to say, yeah.
0: don't be afraid to say that you don't know if you don't oh, know. Yeah. Like if you're oh. bullshitting something, people will know and that's going to look bad for you. So oh. yeah, if you don't know, just... I mean, nobody knows everything, so it's okay.
1: Sorry, that's so important. It's so important to say, I don't know something. It's like crucially important to say that, if, if, because like we want to know that you know that you don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, because you're right. Cause no, no one knows everything, and it's perfectly fine to have gaps in your knowledge. That's just how it is. And and if you know you don't know it, that means that we can fill you in on that knowledge pretty easily, and you're good to go from there. Yeah. But if you think you know something and we, and you don't then we have to oh do we have to unteach this person and then teach them again on yeah so that's a really good point
0: i think a good strategy for that is sort of saying um i don't know but i do know x and you can sort of talk around something adjacent to it because that creates a starting point from which the interviewer and you can talk about the thing um so just making sure that you're sort of Practicing your communication skills, I think, is a really important part of interviewing and not taking that for granted. Like spending all your time practicing technical problems is not gonna make it easier for you when you're actually in an interview situation.
1: But but do practice practice yes. <laughs> but do practice your technical problems. I'm just saying talk to a friend. If you can have a
0: friend do a practice interview for you, that is gold. Like that it'll just make you feel more confident. What Google does is they give you a practice interview with a employee who does interviews um, and that kind of helps you understand what the pace of the interview is and how to like best prepare yourself I think that's super cool um, but yeah. you know if you have somebody in your life who is a mentor to you ask for some of their time and have them go through a problem with you
1: yeah 100% um, I when I was interviewing I went through a problem with my sister I was like hello my sister is like a much much smarter version of me uh, in every way possible, so I'm like, "All right, <laughs> uh, I've never met her, but I've Ruth? only heard this about her,
0: so we should get her on the show sometime <laughs> uh,
1: she's doing some cool stuff now. she's a full time mom, but she's doing some other cool stuff, but okay, um, yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent do that um yeah, so I think that kind of reinforces the point of just try to get in the practice of having a conversation about what you're doing because you know we're looking for rich conversations in our interview in, in our interviews, and that's kind of the the big. Having, being a good conversationalist about the code you're writing will take you like 80% of the way there.
0: Speaking Maybe. of the code you're writing, <laughs> Datadog is a software service-based monitoring platform that provides dev and ops teams with a unified view of all of their systems, apps, and services. You'll be a part of thousands of organizations who already rely on Datadog to collect, visualize, and alert them of abnormalities. There are over 200 turnkey integrations, including AWS, Postgres, Kubernetes, and Slack, all done out of the box with custom metrics to gain full stack observability with a unified view of all of your systems, apps, and services. Other key features include real-time visibility from customizable dashboards, Algorithmic alerts like anomaly detection, outlier detection, and forecasting alerts. And end-to-end request tracing to visualize app performance and real-time collaboration. Datadog is offering listeners a free trial. And as an added bonus for signing up and creating a dashboard, they'll send you a free t-shirt. Start a free trial today at datadog.com slash toolsday. That's datado dot com slash toolsday. And they'll send you a free t-shirt with your free dashboard. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, we're kind of a little bit towards the end of our show here. Are there any points that you kind of want to bring up that we haven't talked about yet?
1: Um, I think we went through a good chunk of stuff here. You know, make sure you review your basics. Yes. Get a good conversation going. Yes. Say you don't know when you don't know. Oh, yes. <laughs> um. Anything else?
0: I say um, make sure the role is right for you. Again, don't get fixated on checking off every single box because no one's going to check off every single box in a job uh, listing. But feeling like you have a good sense of what the role entails and that you'll do a good job in that role, I think is the most important thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Having confidence in yourself and in your experience, I think is something that a lot of people struggle Mm -hmm. with. But that's, you know, if if you're in an interview situation, scenario, then you... Are selling yourself as the right candidate for this job, and so you have to get excited about that work. You have to be knowledgeable about that field. Like, do your research. You know, understand what the product Uh, is.
1: And and don't be concerned if you're, you know, if you feel like you're an imposter. Like I felt so unqualified for my Netflix interview, and I'm still here. My Google Uh, interview. I cannot uh, believe I got uh, that job. uh, Like I remember going home. Going, I was, I was going, going back to. My sister's house after my netflix interview i went to bed at like 5 p.m like wow i just did the worst interview of my entire life that's how i felt this about is... the end of my google uh,
0: interview that's so crazy uh, I, f- I thought i bombed it and i don't know i yeah i guess i yeah. did well enough <laughs> <laughs> i think it's like people especially in an interview process like you're going to be hyper critical of yourself and, yeah. like, all the small little things that an interviewer may or may not notice. But, like, you yourself, yeah. maybe you've been practicing so much that you're like, oh, I know this thing, but I don't know it right now. Grr. Um, yeah. So, you know, try not to get too uh, beat yourself up. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and you know, if you don't get it, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, uh, interviewing is a skill set. You have. generally you have to interview a couple of times. Unless you're Yuna, you know, who gets it the no, first time. No, I think uh, that I disagree. Uh, I, mean, I, I agree with you in that, like, the more you interview, the better you get
0: at it. Um, um, I
1: don't know. I've
0: learned to talk a lot. This podcast <laughs> is a really good tool for that. You know, maybe start it, a podcast. It, it, it. Uh,
1: um, no, yeah, but no, I felt like I interviewed a ton up to my Netflix interview, and I felt I just got so much better at both interviewing and at JavaScript and CSS as I kept on interviewing, mm-hmm. and um yeah. Don't be afraid to interview.
0: I feel like the time that you spend prepping for an interview is a time frame in your life where you're improving yourself as a developer. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I know that a lot of people like take a look at these companies that do these whiteboarding interviews and they're like, screw that. I'm not spending my time. It is a lot of time that you put into it. But I do think that Spending that time isn't wasted. Like, you're not just throwing it out the window. You've just improved your skills, and that's going to stick with you for a while after the job, whether you got it or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. Stay positive, my friends. (laughs) Stay positive. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our show for today. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you learned something. And if you did, please share it with your friends and your secret Slack networks and other groups of people in your life. We love your feedback, too. Also, shout out to Linode and Datadog. Use code TOOLSDAY2019 for $20 worth of infrastructure credit at linode.com toolsday. That's L-I-N-O-D-E. And go to datadog.com toolsday for a free t-shirt and dashboard. All together, you can get all your infrastructure and testing needs taken care of. So we love y'all, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.